Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and this week I am joined, well, we did have three amazing guests. We just had a technical snafu and we lost Erin A just now. So hopefully Erin A will be coming back on in just a second. (laughs) We'll see. I am supposed to be having Danelle is here and Sarah is here, but also Erin A. Um, Danelle has not been on since last year, so I'm excited to have her back. And this is her very first pop culture and fandom news episode. So without further ado, oh, and also on Friday's episode, just to give you a heads up, we are talking about Reality Bites. So that is going to be our Friday Gen X movie. Uh, same panelists are going to be on for that one. Hopefully, hopefully if Aaron A can gets back on. But first, we're going to start by going around and asking my panelists, what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that they're into right now? Danelle. Hey, Aaron. I'm so glad to be back. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm excited to be here today. So what I'm excited about right now, I just finished The Night Agent on Netflix, and I'm, I'm a sucker for a good spy thriller. I just like a really good, you know, kind of gritty, get in there on the seat of your pants, what's happening, thriller. And it's a lot of fun. It's kind of cheesy in some aspects and a little formulaic, but it's so much fun. So uh, I saw Stephen King even uh, did a little piece about how much he enjoyed it. So I really, I really liked it. I highly recommend it. It's very binge worthy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't watched it yet, um, but I have heard that. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I don't know if anybody else on the panel has watched it. It's but. got a great cast, and the the lady. And I'm I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on her name. She was up for an Academy Award for The Whale. Um, she played Brendan Fraser's kind of caretaker friend. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing, um, and she kills it in The Night Agent. She is fantastic as the president's chief of staff. So yeah. Hung Chow. That's who you're talking about? Yes. Hung Chow. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that the night agent is really good. So, and I don't know if has anyone else seen it on the panel. Sarah has. Did you love it, Sarah? Oh yeah. I think uh, my husband and I watched it in like two days or something like that. Yeah. It was, it was definitely, it was definitely binge worthy. Um, Yeah. I mean, a couple little cliches in there. I, I, there was one that I called and, I wasn't, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to give a spoiler, but 
it was like, hmm, when's this going to happen? And and then it did. And then it did. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. And it's it's one of the few that I, like my husband actually enjoyed watching as well, because he's not as much into the uh, the sci-fi fantasy as I am. So he doesn't watch a lot of those with me. Yeah, sometime I'll check it out. Someday, hopefully, maybe in a couple of years. No, <laughs> way my schedule goes. So, Aaron A, your technical snafu has been solved. Hopefully, so. <laughs> hopefully, God, who knows what's happening here? My internet sucks. I think. But what are you into right now, other than praying for internet? <laughs> right, I'm really into working internet. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so I've been watching kind of on an obsessive level, Star Trek Discovery, uh, which I've never watched Star Trek before. I've never been super into Star Trek, but I love this show so much. It's so good. We tried to start watching Star Trek Picard and I wasn't like super into it. Um, Cause that's like the version of Star Trek that my husband used to watch. And both of us were like, this is kind of boring. We got like five episodes in and couldn't really get into it. But Discovery is so good. Um, I love it so much. In the past maybe three weeks, I've watched almost all four seasons. I think I'm like halfway through season four now. So it's literally all that I'm watching. But so good. It's like got the sci-fi thing, uh, but also has like a lot of, It's I don't know, it's got a lot of heart. Like people aren't like afraid to say I love you to each other and stuff. It's not like that like manly sci-fi stuff where we're all soldiers and we're all going to be super tough all the time. The main the main character, her name is Michael, um, played by Sonequa Mar- Martin Green. She's like she is a like a badass like soldier type of person, but also like is in touch with her feelings, which I think is kind of rare for stuff like that. And it's got Anthony Rapp, who I love, um, and Wilson Cruz, who's like our little uh... Gen X like hearts like true love. So I think it's really great and it's really good story. And I can't stop watching it. Awesome. Yeah, I think Tiff brought that up a f- couple weeks ago. It might have been during our racism and sci-fi and fantasy ep- fantasy episode. But uh, but what is funny to me with uh, Wilson Cruz is lately somehow Wilson Cruz keeps getting mentioned on episodes. I don't know what it is. It's like just randomly he gets mentioned, which I'm not complaining, of course. It's just funny. It's just interesting. It's like... That happens, you know, we'll have like these themes, these running themes going and that's one of them. So awesome. Yeah, I, I am not a big Star Trek fan, ex- but but uh, but I've heard nothing but good things about that as from people also that aren't necessarily Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. Like I like the J.J. Yeah. Abrams Star Trek. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the movies are bad. Like I've seen the newer movies, but mm-hmm. I've never been into the TV shows, like whatever the yeah. 50 different version of tv shows there are but yeah. it's it's so good i i was shocked and then i couldn't stop watching it <laughs> awesome and sarah what are you into i have been binge watching a uh, florida man on netflix which is a hot mess of a show <laughs> i mean <laughs> if the title is any indication <laughs> it's it's sort of a Murder, mystery, money heist kind of show. Some dark humor in there. I mean, the the characters are just so absurd and so over the top. And 
absolute horrible, horrible people. And I cannot stop watching it <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. But uh, Clark Gregg is in it and he's just hilarious. And he's not, he's not even, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how his character, I'm on episode six and I'm trying to figure out how his character is fitting into the story because as of right now, it's not at all. Like he's just kind of there and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but he has a, an unfortunate incident, uh, the second or third episode. <laughs> and now he's trying to get out of that. And it's, it's, quite hilarious <laughs> um but i think it's I, I don't think it's going to have a second season i'm pretty sure it's just a limited season but it's only i think it's like seven or eight episodes like 45 minutes each but each one has a and you can hear it in the background florida man uh blows himself up in porta potty or something i mean you know just all the absurd florida man stories that that you hear on the news. I mean, they they just kind of put them in the background, and it's just hilarious. So if you're looking for something that's kind of mindless to watch, I I highly recommend it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> don't don't feel ashamed for stuff that might be stuff that you're like, why am I still watching this? this- I mean, I've been watching Love Is Blind uh, <laughs> season four. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Ah, nice. I, I watch. I still watch Days of Our Lives. I started watching That's again, so and I watch I didn't it. Even I, realize that was still on. Yeah, you can watch it on Peacock. It's only oh on Peacock God. now. They took it off NBC, but it's on Peacock. Oh. And I watch it because I work mainly from home, so it's, right. it's something that I watch during like I have like a whole routine during morning hours. <laughs> like I'll watch, you know, a morning show, and then like. Um, then I'll watch Days of Our Lives. So I'm still oh, watching nice. Days of Our Lives. <laughs> so don't feel How guilty about watching. I mean, that's got to be on for what forty years now? Oh, longer than that for or, sure. Yeah. I mean, like oh six wow. or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Gosh. I mean, I used to watch it when Jensen Ackles was on too. I mean, oh I've lord, it oh yeah. So I have been a fan of Jensen Ackles a long time. <laughs> I always like to say, hey, I have that fan card longer now. Well, he was also on the second season of Dark Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I Because I, I remember when I first started watching Supernatural, I'm like, God, where do I know him from? <gasps> oh, that's it. Yeah. He was also on um, the last season of um, Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. I never watched that. Never got into Dawson's Creek. But- I loved Dawson's Creek. <laughs> uh- <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> we did an episode on Dawson's Creek. You can go back and listen to that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was one. Yes. Okay. Well, what I'm into is, and this is going to be a couple things recommended, but it's all under one event as far as the premieres go. Uh, so I don't know if anybody else watches MGM Plus. MGM Plus used to be Epic, so now it's MGM Plus. Um, and they are doing a halfway to Halloween event, a full night event, start, uh, starting this coming uh, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, uh, April 23rd. And what it's going to be is they're first going to do uh, the premiere, season premiere of From Season 2, which I don't know if anybody else on my panel has watched From. Uh, It's an excellent, excellent show. It's so flipping good. From is about, basically, I'll give you like the synopsis. It's about this small town where people can't leave. If you end up there, and people come from all over. So you don't even know where this town is. You don't know where in the United States it is. You don't know. You don't even know if it is in the United States. But people all over uh, 
the United States, they'll be on road trips and they just, they'll see like a downed tree. And that's the first sign that you're in this town. And when the sun goes down, these um, human looking creatures kill people. And I mean, viciously kill people. There's a lot of blood and gore in this. But if you love horror and sci-fi, and also even if you loved like The Last of Us and stuff, I think this is kind of in the same brain because season one starts where this family ends up in the town. And, um, you know, they, this town has its own sheriff. They have, you know, people, they have like these talisman, talismans that are like put up in the windows to try and keep these things out. Um, and you're trying to figure out what these things are. But um, season two, like I said, will premiere on April 23rd at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I've seen the first five episodes and it's fantastic. It's like getting even wilder than the first season. And I think this show deserves a lot more recognition. I think the performances from the cast, all the cast is so good. There's a lot of actors in this, but um, just really, really fantastic cast um, with fantastic performances from people like Harold Perrineau, who is the main, he's the main person, Boyd Stevens, he, he's the sheriff of the town. And then you've also got Scott McCord, who plays the longest resident of the town, Victor, who's been there forever, who's basically had trauma, 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 been there since he was a child. And then you've, and then um, the new people that come in, Eon Bailey plays Jim Matthews, and then Catalina Sandino is his wife, Tabitha. And then they've got a daughter and a son. And um, there's also Elizabeth Saunders, who plays a woman named Donna, because in the town, you can, when you come in there, you can choose if you're going to live in Colony House, which is kind of like this in the first season. And then I, I won't spoil for my panelists what happens at the end of the first season to Colony House, but Colony House is kind of almost like a commune in a way within this small town. So you can even live there and live by those rules, which are kind of we're all together and we share everything and all of that. Or you can live in the town, the main town. And so Donna runs that Colony House and you've got Ricky He who plays Kenny, who's the deputy and absolutely fantastic. And then a bunch, a ton of, ton of other people. But I really, really recommend this show. I think, you know, not only are the, is the writing good and the acting is good, but it's really tense. There is a version of K Sarah Sarah um, that's actually sung by, by uh, the Pixies. It's, it's the credits and fantastic credits. Like I never skip the credits, the opening credits, the opening credits, because I think they're really, really good. But that premieres once again as the season two premieres on April 23rd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And then continuing their halfway to Halloween event is another docuseries that I've seen the first two episodes of, and that's Amityville, an origin story. And this is a documentary about the famed Amityville house. So this the two that I have seen, the first one starts with the Lutz family, the famous family that lived there and that the movie, the Amityville Horror is based on. And to me, they're complete and total scam artists. All of this is a scam. This is a total scam, in my opinion. And so they're going over different aspects of it and what different people believe. And the second episode that I saw is a lot more about the actual real tragedy that did happen there, the murder that happened there, where um, 
Ronald DeSabo, who like murdered his whole family, shot his whole entire family, including his young, young uh, sisters and brothers. And he came up with uh, basically this story as it goes, him and his attorney came up with this story of this is how he would get out of it by saying that demons were telling him to do this. And the town of Amityville hates those movies. They would not let them film there. So if you didn't know that, those movies are not filmed there. They never use that house. There have been people that have lived there since that nothing has happened to them and they have no issues with the house. Granted, I would never want to live in a place where a family was murdered like that and butchered like that. But this hoax pisses me off so much. So it's and I, I like I think the I love the Conjuring series, but the Warrens are like the biggest scam artists in the world, or were horrible people, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and so this is an interesting docu series because it's kind of like it's actually talking about that stuff. And a lot of times when you see documentaries about Amityville, they very rarely talk about that side of it, about the side of the hoax. They t- very rarely talk about the side of like the actual tragedy. And this one is, they're actually talking to Ronald DeFeo in prison. Um, they talk to a lot of people involved in this. They're talking to the son of the, the oldest Lutz son and all of this. So it's, it's really, it's really interesting. It's kind of creepy um, because of the way they film it and they make it a little eerie, but that premieres on April 23rd, 10 PM Eastern time. So it's right after the premiere of the first episode of season two of From. And then also, just to let you know, on Monday, the 24th, I will be releasing my interviews with some of the cast members of From From, and that'll be, um, I spoke to Eon Bailey and Catalina Sandino, and also Scott McCord and, Don- and uh, Elizabeth Saunders. So I spoke to the four of them. Uh, for a little tiny, tiny bit. They're very quick interviews, but that will be up available as a podcast episode. You can also watch it on YouTube. So it'll be up there. Um, So look for that as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so now we're going to move on to uh, what is one thing right now in pop culture or fandom news or anything that you that's upcoming that you are excited about, upset about, anything like that, Danelle? Well, I know this has kind of been around for a little bit, but I'm still kind of pissed off um, about Henry Cavill um, leaving The Witcher and that whole debacle. I don't know, understand that whole thing that happened there. I haven't dug in enough to under, you know what I mean? To, to really understand, but um, it just seems like a whole bunch of crap. So I'm just really disappointed. I really enjoyed The Witcher. I enjoyed him as the main character, of course. And yeah, I'm just still kind of PO'd about that. <laughs> And of course, I'm excited because I did hear, I've been hearing rumblings that uh, Keanu Reeves will be coming back as Constantine. And of course, that'll be fun. Always, you know, any, you know me, any Keanu movie, I'm all down for. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
I I only watched some of The Witcher for when we covered it, but I know a lot of people were very upset about um, that news. I, I think, wasn't he like supposed to be doing another movie or another project? And that's why. Yeah, there was something to do with Superman. And now he's not even doing that. Like, it just seems like a whole crap show, basically. <laughs> so I don't know. I've always liked him. So it just seems really disappointing for him and his fans. You know, like the whole thing just seems kind of weird. And I know there's been some rumblings of stuff going on with Yellowstone. And, and that's another one of my shows that I really enjoy. It's like a guilty pleasure. But it's just so well done. It's just so well done. And, and some great performances in that show. And um, I've heard some rumblings. I don't know what's happening with the final season or if there's going to be, you know, like I've just heard some stuff there. So I'm kind of, I need to dig in and do some research and see what's happening. Yeah, I've, I know I've heard, I mean, with that, with that thing, with that, I mean, it's always so weird when casting things happen that, um, you know, there, I think that sometimes there's stuff that we don't know about and there's stories that people don't want to tell, or there's probably like, this is totally me hypothesizing. I don't know this for a fact, but I think sometimes also it's like, sometimes people don't get along and so they might do something as a way of excusing that as an excuse. And yeah. so it could be that there's something you know, we don't know about that's going on behind the scenes. And so they're like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, yeah. make an excuse about this. You know, I always think someday there'll be like some big news that will come out with, with a lot of these things. Like I'm still waiting for the supernatural tell all book from somebody. I, I do. I think there was probably a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about that, you know, people were not happy about. I would, I would guess. I mean, I think for Anisha, there has to be, but so, Aaron A, what are you either excited about or upset about? Or <laughs> I'm the thing that I'm excited about is also very upsetting to some people, which kind of just makes me smile that it's upsetting these people. Um, here's my uh, one plug for Doctor Who for the episode. I can't guarantee that there might be more, <laughs> um, but they announced I think about what, a week and a half ago or so. Um, that Jinx Monsoon is going to be um, in Doctor Who. And she uh, is the winner of the fifth season of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is kind of also one of my favorite things. Um, so it's very exciting. Um, there was like very little information about like, is it one episode? Is it a recurring thing? There's not a lot of information, but you know, half of the Doctor Who fandom has collectively lost their minds because how dare you? This is a family show, but I'm very excited because I think she's wonderful. And that was actually season five was the last season that I like uh, saw live of drag race. So that's very exciting. I've been, that's whenever I got rid of cable. So it's not like I stopped watching it, but I couldn't watch it anymore. But now that I have Paramount Plus, in addition to Star Trek Discovery, I can also watch Drag Race again. So I've been kind of flipping back and forth between that and watching like episodes here and there now of that as well. Because I, it's, first of all, Drag Race is a fun show, but I'm very excited that Jinx is going to be on Doctor Who. I think I might have actually convinced Chrissy to watch Doctor Who now for this exact reason, <laughs> because she's obsessed. So... <laughs> But I think it's very exciting news. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, it also makes me happy that the whole crowd about, you know, the same people that were mad that the doctor was going to be a woman are also mad about this. And I think it's great. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you can go cry in this red light. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't... With Russell T. Davies back, I don't see how they didn't think that Doctor Who was going to get gayer, but whatever. It's, <laughs> 
it is what it is. Right? I'm excited for the new doctor, so. I know. I think it's going to be I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm so happy that Russell's back. I think Shuti Gatwa is going to be amazing. I'm, I'm very, very excited about the whole thing. Every new announcement they have is just like a little bit more of like, oh, God, we got to wait like almost a year. It's killing me. It's so funny because everybody, um, well, Meg mainly, and I think, and, and you too, Aaron, <laughs> want me to be like totally into um, Doctor Who. And I just, it's just, and I used to watch the one, you know, on PBS with the, <laughs> the, the sweater yeah. or whatever, the, yeah. not the sweater, the, what, what is that? The scarf. The scarf. Yeah. The scarf. The I'm like, what is that? Baker. So yeah. It's not Baker, right? <laughs> yeah, the big hair. It's a snood. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can go listen to our episode, if you haven't already, talking about, well, Doctor Who, but you can also listen to our episode um, talking about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race as well. So Very good. Yep. Okay. Um, so, Sarah, what is, what is pissing you off or making you happy? Nothing pissing me off except, you know, they I'm still bitter about Prodigal Son. I know it's been a year and a half. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm still annoyed. I'm with you on that. I love See, that. thank That's you. Perfect. That was like a stupid move on their part. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell Fox was thinking. It's Fox. That's what they do. I know. That's what they do. Here's a really great show, so we're gonna cancel it and here's another singing competition. <laughs> How many do you need? Anyway. I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't have any music I'm excited about this week. Ooh. But I did see uh, the trailer for The Marvels, which looks like a lot of fun. Even though, in my opinion, some of the more recent Mar- Marvel movies have not been as great as Phase 1, 2, 3. Either that or it's just saturated the market so much that I'm kind of like, oh, okay. I don't need to run out and see every Marvel movie. But it looks it looks like it's going to be fun. So kind of excited about that and Secret Wars, uh, which will be the TV show on Disney Plus. So looking forward to some new Marvel content. And of course, uh, always Star Wars as well, because the Ahsoka show uh, live action premiering in August. I know we talked about it last week, but I'm still excited. (laughs) It's fine. You can still be excited about it. (laughs) Because that one looks freaking amazing as well. So Looking forward to some new Star Wars and Marvel this summer. Yeah, I mean, I well, I'm saying, yeah, like, I, I, as as people may know, and I apologize, Sarah, I I am very, I'm not, not the biggest Marvel person. It's okay. I like some of them. I'm just not the biggest Marvel person. But I do think it's interesting that you say that, how, how you haven't been enjoying some of them as much recently. And I think, you know, I think there is a fatigue going Mm -hmm. on through audiences. I mean, like box office numbers for some of them have dwindled. I think some of that is still pandemic though, to be honest, because we're still in a pandemic, whether people want to acknowledge that or not, we are still in a pandemic. So I think some of that does have to do with that. But, but I do think there can become a fatigue after a while where you're like, I've seen this over and over again. And now we're seeing the same thing. So I think it's a combo. Yeah, see, I think they've done a better job with the shows on Disney Plus as opposed to the movies. I still, I've enjoyed them a lot more than than the movies recently. 
And same with Star Wars. I, they've done a great job with the, with the shows, but the movies have just been kind of, eh, so-so. I still have not watched any of the shows. I know. I know. I know. Everyone's shaking their head. It's you know, okay. I've, I've, I've watched maybe, f- I've watched like four things total on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Same and word. I'm bad too. Oh, good, good. I'm glad I'm yeah. not alone in that because I've watched I watched a couple of things when Disney Plus first came around during their the the 30 day free free trial or something. And then, uh, by the way, I'm not dissing you Disney Plus because I know sometimes you sponsor our episodes, so I'm not <laughs> putting you down. We um, love Disney Plus. We love it. Most everybody does. So, uh, and then I I watched like The Princess Bride last year when we covered it, and then I watched Newsies because we covered Newsies. So it's like those are the things I've watched on Disney Plus. Pretty much, that's pretty much it. Oh no, I watched Thor, the the latest Thor movie because. Well, I, I like the Thor movies and plus, you know, Christian Bale was in it, so I had to watch it. So. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I figured the reasoning was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, and this almost was going to be our topic for the third thing, but I decided we'd do something else. We'll probably talk about this more when and if the strike happens. But if you aren't aware, the Writers Guild of America is probably going to go on strike. They're in the middle of voting for it. And, you know, writers in the industry, you know, are notoriously, especially in the screenwriting area, but also in television now, are treated pretty poorly. And um, as far as financially, respectfully, um, a lot sometimes they'll have more power in television, but a lot has changed since streaming came along because a lot of writers within television, for instance, lived a lot by lived off of residuals from television because television, once you hit a certain episode uh, marking, I believe it was at the 100 episode mark. That's why you would usually see like shows would definitely try to get to that mark because then they can go into syndication. And so once they go into syndication, then they'd be on broadcast and then writers would get a residual check. Actors sometimes get a residual check, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure you've seen like jokes about it on certain shows. And like, I remember once on Friends when Joey got a residual check that was like for like 30 cents or something. And so sometimes they will be for a ridiculously low amount. But for writers, a lot of times that's where they were still making their money because if they were not working currently, their money would be coming from those residuals, which they should be making. If you're still watching a Friends episode, the writer who wrote it, and you're just discovering Friends, should be making residuals. Well, now with streaming, streaming is totally different because streaming, you know, most streaming service will, services will not release their numbers. They will not let you know how many people are watching it. Some streaming services don't have commercials. Some, you know, it's like, you know, or they have different tiers for commercials. And so writers are getting screwed and getting awful residuals, like making like, I think I saw something that was like, you know, one person was getting like maybe like five bucks or something and some something really low and ridiculous because residuals are so different right now. And so the Writers Guild is looking to strike because of a lot of this uh, for negotiations. And this is happening with a lot of people because of streaming. Streaming is wonderful, but I think it also has a lot of problems with it. Um, And that's our our big topic actually, I think plays into this. 
but you know, streaming has become such this big monster and it used to be this cheap, wonderful alternative to cable. Now it's pretty much the same exact price if you're getting everything. And it's also where, you know, you can't track the numbers the same way. And also social media has changed this too. So you don't know how well a show is doing. So then a studio a, and a big, huge streaming service like Netflix, for instance, can be making a ton of money on something, but they're not sharing a lot of that information. So then the writers won't know. And I saw one writer was sharing like an art, but they'll say every once in a while, Variety will release an information saying, ooh, this made, you know, tons of bucks, tons of, you know, mil- you know, millions of people were watching. We made a lot of money on this. We got all these new subscribers. But because Netflix hadn't released that and they don't put a lot of information out there, a writer will sit there and see that and see, well, I'm not seeing any of the money from this because they're not releasing it. it so they've kind of figured out a way for, you know, capitalism, again, for to figure out a way to take all of the money for themselves, but not dole out pieces of the pie to people who have made the product. So I am just mentioning this because I am saying we are supporting uh, this podcast and me. I am supporting a writer's strike if and when they go on strike. I have a feeling it is going to happen. This will, of course, affect a lot of things, a lot of programming. It'll probably upset some people, but um, I do support them because they deserve to be making more money. They deserve to be making more money off of these residuals. And if we're going to keep streaming, we have to figure out a way that the people involved with the content we are consuming are getting their pay and getting paid their due. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So, speaking of streaming and streaming services, and we've mentioned this before uh, briefly, HBO Max, of course. HBO merged with Discovery Plus. So Warner Brothers basically merged with Discovery Plus. And so HBO Max is no longer going to be called HBO Max. It's now just going to be called Max. And it is going to be launching on May 23rd. And they're going to have different pricing structures. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) This whole thing pisses me off so much. Um, But anyway, so they're going to have Max Ad Light. Add light. Like this is a flipping anyway. Um it makes me think of Bud Light or something like that. Uh That's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, right? Yeah. And that would be like $9.99 a month or $99.99 a year. And so you can only have two concurrent streams. So only two people can be streaming at the same time. Um, you can have no offline downloads. So I know I do it. I know a lot of people do it when they're gonna go like on a plane or on a trip or something, and you download a bunch of stuff. And then it's a different resolution. Well, I mean, it's different than the big one. And Or you can do max ad-free, which is the same price as it is right now, which is the $15.99 a month or $149.99 a year. Once again, only two concurrent streams, but you get up to 30 offline downloads. Or you can do max ultimate. Once again, we are not, this is not an ad, everybody, um, but max ultimate ad-free. a month or $199.99 a year. 
you can have four people streaming at the same time. You get 4K Ultra HD resolution, so you're going to get a bunch of different stuff with this than you would with the other thing, I guess. It sounds like you're going to get titles in 4K. You might get titles that you're not going to get on the Max ad-free or ad-light. Um, and you get 100 um, offline downloads. You get Dolby Atmos sound quality, so you get some amazing sound quality. Whatever. Um <laughs> And, you know, they were asked, uh, Warner Brothers uh, or um, Discovery Plus and stuff were asked, why are they getting rid of the HBO? This is where the troubling stuff comes into play for me personally. Is, and this is a quote um, from uh, J.B. Perret, who was the president and CEO of Global Streaming and Games for Warner Brothers Discovery. And... Mr. Perrette said, we all love HBO and it's brand and it's a brand that has been built over five decades to stand for edgy, groundbreaking entertainment for adults. But it's not exactly where parents would most eagerly drop off their kids. And yet Warner Brothers Discovery has some of the best known kids characters, animation and brands in the industry. Not surprisingly, the category has not met his true potential on HBO Max. So to me, what this says is they want to get rid of a lot of more daring, edgy adult content. They already have, you know, they got rid of famously, they they dropped so many titles like Westworld and a bunch of animation, actually. <laughs> they dropped that. They dropped Sesame Street. They dropped a bunch of content and it just disappeared. And once again, because of streaming and the fact that we don't have a lot of hard digital media anymore, some of this stuff is lost forever. So I am obviously very excited about this. <laughs> As you can all tell, just kidding. Oh, by the way, this is from an article on variety.com, but you can find this info a lot uh, from April 12th by Todd Spangler was where I got all that information from. Um, so Danelle, are you excited about HBO Max becoming Max or okay. not? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm with you, Aaron. I I'm kind of getting you know I'm getting a little jaded with some of these streaming services. I think they're trying to find new ways to kind of screw over the consumer. Paramount Plus is notorious for that now. You know, AMC kind of did that crap too, and it's annoying. Like they, you know, Paramount Plus just is a perfect example. Like I said, I'm a big fan of of you know Yellowstone, and they had this the prequel, you know, the different spinoff series, and they were are lovely well done shows but you can only see the first few episodes and then you have to subscribe to their other tier or whatever crap you know and i pay for cable already and i pay for paramount i don't want to pay extra for paramount plus you know like so that kind of stuff it's just another way it's just another trick basically and you know, it really does bug me that they're getting rid of the HBO piece of it because HBO has been around forever. I've been, they've always taken stuff that content that was edgy and interesting and they weren't afraid to, to do that. So to me, it sounds like a little bit of almost censorship, you know, like they're trying to pull back from some of that edgy content and that's disappointing um, because some people were adults. Some people want to watch the edgier stuff. So let us choose, you know, we're grown, grown ass people. <laughs> let us choose <laughs> what we want to watch. You know, I don't need somebody saying, well, this isn't appropriate. So 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little weary of that talk that's been out there. It's a little concerning. So, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's yeah. And, and with Paramount plus Paramount plus also is merging with Showtime. So they're taking over Showtime. So that's also worrying. And they, they got rid of Paramount plus pulled a bunch of stuff too. So it's the same kind of deal. I didn't know that. I'll have to look into that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they merged. So don't know yet what that's going to hold for Showtime, but it probably will be a lot like this. But And so who knows how, because I don't watch Showtime through Paramount Plus. I watch it through Hulu. So I'm not sure how that will end up changing in the future or what. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that a few a couple months ago, but yeah. So Aaron A. Yeah. That's interesting to see if it will change, if you're getting it from different providers, how your pricing from there is going to be different as opposed to if you get it directly from max which is just a dumb name also by the way uh, <laughs> max okay yeah i agree i'm not amused by this like at all uh, am i gonna get rid of it no probably not um because they're still i'm hoping they're gonna have the big hbo shows you know the last of us stuff like that. I really hope they'll keep Harley Quinn. That's like one of my favorite shows on there. So obviously I want to see those shows. I'm going to have to keep it. I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, But I'm also kind of annoyed because like I have no interest in Discovery Plus or any of the shows that they have. I don't care about children's shows. Like I have no need for children's programming. It's just stupid. Just like whenever they like try to add ESPN onto my Disney plus, like every five seconds I get an email about, I don't want anything extra. If I wanted it, I would go buy it. So like, it's, it's stupid because this is the whole point that everyone went to streaming services. So you could pick exactly what you wanted instead of cable where you had to get this gigantic package. And now it's just going back to that again. So yes, I'm still going to keep my 50 different streaming services that probably cost more than cable at this point, (laughs) but it's, yeah, it's kind of annoying and it's concerning because I'm worried about, are they going to get rid of my shows that I like? And like you were saying, they're, they're pulling stuff off the air and it's not, you can't watch stuff anywhere now. So hopefully that'll resurface. Somebody else will buy the rights and it'll resurface somewhere else. Um, Westworld stuff like that, but yeah, not not amused. I, I I'm I know it's all money related. It's just a money grab. Yeah, yeah. And Sarah, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. It is a, a money grab. With uh, the quote that Aaron read, you know, I I'm hoping it, that does not mean that they're going to back away from some of the edgier content. Hopefully it just means that they're trying to attract more families to subscribe to it because they want more money. But I mean, the streaming is, is starting to get ridiculous. We just, I mean, just from a a personal note, uh, we just canceled direct TV because the only reason we had it is uh, my husband needed his NFL Sunday ticket. He had to watch his Philadelphia Eagles. So that was the only reason they had it. Well, now they're not going to be carrying it anymore. Now it's going to be streaming through YouTube TV. (laughs) So now we have YouTube TV because, of course, he also needs the NFL channel and ESPN and the Big Ten Network and all of those stuff. But, you know, 
I mean, we it, it is a, it is going to save us money. Uh, ultimately, not having Directv, but we're still playing as a subscription for YouTube TV. Um, I actually do pay a subscription for Discovery Plus because I'm kind of obsessed with um, cooking shows and cheesy paranormal shows. <laughs> Those are also my guilty pleasures. Um, we have Paramount Plus, which I, that annoyed me because I got Paramount Plus, paid for a year because I thought Yellowstone was on Paramount Plus. No, it's on Peacock. It's on Paramount like regularly. Why is it not on Paramount Plus? This made no sense to me whatsoever. So that pissed me off. Um, but if we get a, a, a season four of Evil, I'll be happy, which I don't know if we're getting. But I mean, it's, it's just kind of getting to the point. And like you said, they're pulling, okay, we got Netflix for this reason. Well, now they're pulling that show off Netflix and now it's going to be on Hulu. So you're jumping back and forth streaming services and it, it, you almost end up just having to pay for all of them because you don't know where you're shows are going to be it's it's gotten i think it's just gotten a gotten out of control and there doesn't seem to be much i don't know if regulation is the right word to use but it's just it's it's sort of getting out of hand i mean yes i'll keep hbo or i'm sorry max i'll keep it because you know there there are shows that i watch and you know and if uh i miss the last of us when season two comes out i will not be happy I need my Pedro. Anyway, yeah, it's it's just getting it's getting ridiculous at this point. And I think people are and I mean just from everyone here, I think people are just getting frustrated with it. It was a nice alternative to cable and now it's almost become I don't want to say a necessity, but if you want to watch the shows you want to watch, you almost have to pay for all of them at this point, which does end up being just as much as cable or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for doing this podcast, I have to say, I pretty much have to have all of these. It's like, almost like there's no way around it kind of thing. Right. And, and that's why I still think I should, and, and probably if I was making more, I probably could. But to me, I think I should be able to claim this stuff on my taxes, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I should be able to claim as a business expense in my opinion. I, I Yes, absolutely. Just just write it off. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. You just write it off. Yeah, um, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. When HBO Max first came around, I thought this was one of the best streaming services, hands down. The amount, the amount of programming on there, the amount of movies. Um, some of them were hard to find movies. There was even a little time where they had pump up the volume on there. And the reason I bring that up is only because that movie is a movie that you will very rarely have ever be able to find it streaming because of all the music and the music rights and all this stuff. It's really messed up with it. But then that, that got pulled probably because of the music, but that was one of the few times you could find that. Um, and then a lot of other movies and uh, their original programming and everything I thought was so great that I just, I loved HBO max. I thought it was one of the best out there. And I worry with this, they've already pulled so many things. They've already pulled titles that you might not be able to find anywhere ever again. Maybe they might be put into a vault and then they might do what Disney does with their whole, like, or you see with their whole little vault thing coming out of the vault crap, which is just another way of making a lot of money. Um, sorry, Disney. I love you. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, but, 
but it's that's it's just capitalism and it's just trying to make more money. And the thing is, a lot of the stuff they're pulling, people are very angry. And I really kind of in this in this way, I hope that it might backfire on them a little bit because that's the only way they'll change because money is the only thing they care about. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to cancel HBO because they keep pulling all this stuff or Max. I'm going to cancel now because all this stuff's going to be gone. You know, I mean, the one good thing, but they were already doing this really with a lot of stuff is anything that's released under Warner Brothers as a movie or something like that. After a little bit of time in the theater, it will be released on Max. So you will be able to stream it, which is great. Wonderful. As long as we still also can have the hard copies, because then if those movies get pulled one day and you don't have any Blu-ray or DVD or anything like that, they're gone forever and bye-bye. Uh, kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, that's what's scary to me about it. And with that whole quote that I read, with them wanting to appeal to family friendly, then why would you get rid of Sesame Street? Why would you get rid of all these cartoon classics if you care so much about family? To me, that seems like bullshit. And frankly, you know, um, you could still find family stuff on HBO Max. It wasn't like there was there was only like really hardcore, gritty adult dramas on there. You could find, you know, stuff that would be suitable for children. And yes, I don't have children myself, but you could still find stuff for children there. And you can still do a mixture of it. And it's not like people are seeing HBO Max and going, ooh, it's like Skinamax, where as when people hear the word just Max, they do think of Cinemax. They do. People have already said, oh, you mean Cinemax, which is thought of as Skinamax because of the softcore porn, basically, that would be on Cinemax late at night. We all we all were Gen X and Millennials. We all remember that. So <laughs> we got our education by watching that. <laughs> our education. <laughs> yeah, not much of one, but you know. I was going to say, yeah, great education there. <laughs> but anyway, so so if they're trying to get, I, it's just so weird to me to get rid of the HBO part because to me, that means they're going to want to try and get rid of some of the HBO content. And, you know, I mean, you know, like if I, hopefully they don't get rid of John Oliver, hopefully they don't get rid of stuff like that too, where you're hearing different viewpoints and stuff. So yeah, I don't like it. Um, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about this stuff as time goes on. We will definitely be talking about that whatever ends up happening with Paramount Plus and Showtime and all of that. So who knows what's going to end up happening there? Because I also love Showtime a lot. And that worries me, like what they might get rid of there. They, you know, they already did pull some stuff. So we'll see. But we're going to go ahead and close this episode out. And we're going to go around and have everybody tell everybody where they can be found. So, Danelle, where can you be found? You can find me on Instagram as Draven Pearl. Um, you can also find me on TikTok. I don't really post anything there, but uh, <laughs> you can find me as Draven <laughs> Pearl on TikTok as well um, and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you. And Aaron A., um, same. I'm on Instagram mostly. I'm at geek and so that's what I do. I geek and I sew things. I also have a Twitter, but it's not, I don't post my own things. I'm mostly reposting stuff from various podcasts that we all know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we said on one episode you were on Aaron and we said, if you want to get like an aggregated view of like, <laughs> Like a certain, just like a, just that you just want a timeline of retweeted 
um, this podcast and then Bedwetter We Head and then uh, my streaming bubble, Stream bubble yeah. then you can go <laughs> and follow me. Right? I'll just combine it all for you into a series of retweets. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And Sarah? You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at NateCamMom. That's N-A-T-E-C-A-M-M-O-M. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. And you can follow Fergie on TikTok. You know, once again, I keep saying it, we're trying to make the dreams of Cocaine Fergie starring Fergie and Penn Badgley come true. Part of our Dream Makers series. Um, and we do have some videos up of, their, of her quote unquote doing cocaine. Of course, it's just snow. But Go watch those. Follow her at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It is long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. Uh, If you have any feedback, show notes, if you would like to potentially be a part of our May 20th marathon streaming event, head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. And there is a page dedicated to the May 20th marathon streaming event. You can go there for more information. You can go there to bookmark the YouTube link. And you can go there, click the contact us button, reach out to us, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And also go to the website if you would like to be a potential interview guest as well. And if you are liking the show, please rate and review us on iTunes or also on Spotify. A lot of people don't realize you can rate and review on Spotify. If you would like to support the show monetarily, please head on over to our Redbubble store and pick up some awesome merch. Or you can buy us a coffee or you can head to the link in the show notes and go on over to our, and become a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. We are going to have another Gen X movie that is going to be, that should be actually out right now. The episode, Paula joined me to talk about Richard Lanklater's film, Suburbia. It was the first time both of us had watched this, watched it. And you can go and listen and see if we liked it or thought it was awful. Try and decide. And this is the Suburbia with a big capital U. There are two Suburbia movies that I found out the hard way. (laughs) And the other Suburbia is god-awful. And it's on Tubi if you really want to watch it. Anyway, so (laughs) go to our, for the other links, go to our website. It's a fandomthinkpod.com. And on our next episode, we are going to be continuing Gen X Movie Month with a look at Reality Bites. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter, and Stop Asian Hate. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.